Welcome to the Rider Dojo. With your host, Steve Diamond. Hello. And Larry Korea. Buenos tardes. Today's episode, the State of the Dojo Address. Everyone, we are back. It is the start of a brand new season, season three of the Rider Dojo. We took a whole seven days off in between episodes. Yeah, just kind of like normal, huh? Yeah. But it's too bad, too, because every time I try to speak Spanish, I just watch Steve cringe and die inside because I'm so bad. Eh, it's okay. It's not personal. I just have a terrible accent. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Okay, so so uh, this is kind of a bonus, like a pre-bonus episode for season three. Um, before we get into like like the legit episode one of season three, which will be the following week, um, and we've got two, a two-episode back-to-back kind of cool thing to start off season uh, three. Consider this episode zero for season three. What I like to refer to as the State of the Dojo Address, Larry. I think that's a good thing to do. And if you guys remember, back around New Year's, we did a New mm. Year's resolution episode. Yes. And uh, we talked about our mini projects. Yeah. And, we were, and, the, and the podcast was brand new at the time. And so it's been six months and let's see what we've gotten done and what we got yeah. going on and what we got planned and uh, kind of mm-hmm. go from there. I, I think the big thing that is, is we've been catching up. I mean, you and I catch up pretty much every week, every day, but um, it turns out we've just gotten busier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's gotten a little nuts on uh, taking on extra projects. Uh-huh. It's been fun. Uh, should I should I tell them what I'm doing? Yeah, let, let's start with you, Larry. All right. So last time we talked, uh, I was I had just finished some other books, and the next current thing I needed to work on was Tower of Silence, which was book four. I uh, sorry, Tower of Silence, book four in the Saga of the Forgotten Warrior, uh, and I'm still working on that. So you're it, just you're just getting into fantasy, is that what we're saying? Oh, we'll talk about that after. The, we'll talk about that after. <laughs> but that was just funny. Um, no, so I I am. Partway through that, I, I kind of got hung up. I kind of went up, we were talking on this show before about going up the wrong hill. I started going up the wrong hill on this one, so I kind of had to like back down and uh, reassess. That book's due October 1st. At what point did you realize that you'd gone too far? Um, actually, actually, it wasn't even too far. It was that I was starting to, starting to wander in the wrong focus. Mm. Uh, and so it was still early on, so I was still in the first act, but the stuff I was setting up wasn't nearly as important. And so this is a five-book series, and I don't want to do the uh, Robert Jordan, George Martin meander through the weeds of epic fantasy, you know, on stuff that doesn't matter. So everything in this everything in this series needs to be focused and important to the overall story. And so I started looking. I was like, mm, I'm not. I'm lacking focus here. So I needed to back up. It took me a couple weeks, really, kind of like refined the direction. Uh, and so I just kind of forged ahead. And so of the various characters. Uh, so I have basically like four or five point of view characters I switch between with mm-hmm. one being, one or two being the major ones, you know, Ashok being the main one. And I was kind of getting lost in the weeds on what to do on some of them. So what I did is I just went back to the main character who I had the clearest story arc and I just forged ahead kind of writing his scenes, you know, through three quarters of the book, even though I was like first act of the book for everybody else. And then that enabled me to kind of like refine what matters mm-hmm. and go back from there. Because some stuff you can say, well, we went and did this and this. Now on to the important stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and show that. that. That's pretty much what happened when we were writing uh, Servants of War. I was like, you know what? I don't know what the crap is going on with this character. I'm just going to write everyone else. Yeah. And I just forged ahead. Sometimes Same that's thing. the best way to do. So if you have somebody who's important, 
uh, to the story, but like not right now. And you want to, you're like, what do I, what am I going to do with this guy? I can't just not talk about him for a whole book, you know? <laughs> well, that's okay. Just kind of like forge ahead with everybody else that you do know. And then it'll kind of fill itself in. So that's, yeah. that's what I wound up there. And then, uh, after that, I have a October 1st deadline. I'm sorry. Sorry. October 1st is for Tower of Silence. January 1st is Monster Hunter Memoirs Fever, uh, which I'm collaborating with Jason Cordova. Now what's the setting on that one? 1970s California. Nice. Yeah. So Jason and I are both Californians by birth. Don't hold yeah. it against uh, either of us. We're refugees uh, who fled. So Which you know, part is he from? He's from LA. Oh, that poor soul. Yeah, I know. Isn't it? It's like the worst place ever. Sorry. Sorry, Los Angelinos, but really. Uh, you were from the ghetto. I was from Sacramento. Yeah. And we're, we feel sorry for the guy from LA. Yeah. No, I'm from the San Joaquin Valley. I'm for the cows and plows part. Yeah. Jason's from LA, but that's, that book is actually set in Los Angeles, 1970. So- now the the first dra- the first draft of that's done. Yeah, that's the thing. The first draft of that is done, uh, and so that won't be too bad to get that by the end of the year. The reason you get these hard deadlines set is because I'm, Bayon. Um, actually, all publishing houses have this. They'll have what's called tent pole. They have like a tent pole author, and so those are authors that they want to get on the catalogs. Uh, and they want to get the stuff out to the salespeople. It actually, you know, it, 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 it's, a, it's a financial thing, really. And so they want to have, you want to space out your tent pole author so they have releases mm-hmm. at good times. Right. And so that's why I need to have these deadlines. So I'm doing all this. Minding your own business. Minding all my own business. Writing crap. Trying to get my two books turned in mm. every year as, yeah. as a writer does. And uh, then I got approached uh, because of current events, which I, I can't go too much in. I can't give too much away on this. There's a lot of current events right now, so yeah, that's a broad net. It's and, fine. And, and we're we're recording this episode a week before before it'll air. So when I'm saying current events, we're being like really current yeah. events, like last week and uh, this week too. And there was some stuff going on in the news. And the way nonfiction works is that when they're writing a political book, like a topical political book, they move very quickly. Mm. Um, so it's like, we need to write this topic. That's a big deal in the news. We need an expert on the topic. We need a book, uh, really fast. And when I say really fast, I was going to say how fast is really fast. Larry? Four weeks. Oh, so I have taken on a non, my very first nonfiction book. I have a four week, uh, turnaround time. And we're one week, basically a week into that turnaround time at the moment. Yes. But you're doing pretty well. 26,000 words this week. Yeah. Uh, and if I count like the previous like blog posts and stuff that I'm using to like, as like building as blocks, framework. like starting framework, mm-hmm. uh, 38,000 or 39,000. And this needs to be what? 60? 60. So nonfiction books are shorter than fiction books usually. Uh, and I mean, I'm, it's not, this is not a scholarly academic journal kind of thing. Uh, this is a topic that I've known about for 20 plus years that I've been, well, so you guys are all figuring out well, what this I, is already. Yeah, we know what this is about. Gee now. whiz, what, what could this possibly, it's either writing, accounting, or firearms, like the only, or no, oh, it's mini painting. <laughs> Manatees. Because of the recent Supreme Court decisions related to, uh, mini to painting. painting. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so I'm, uh, so I'm working on this project and I can't give any more details right now, but, uh, hopefully soon I will. So I'm curious, Larry, w- when you started doing it, was there anything that kind of shocked you in the process? Like, <laughs> well, my own hubris. In what way? In what, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? I was like, as I started doing this project, I was like, how in the heck am I going to write 60,000 words, uh, in a month? 
Uh, and the thing is, though, actually, the, the kicker is, as I started, started, I started thinking about it, realistically, I write 10,000 words a week when I'm tuned up anyway. So I'd be 40,000 words in a month. I've written 16,000 words in a day before. That's my record. That was the finale of Son of the Black Sword was written in one day. Uh, 16,000 words. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, and that was a freak out because what, what, what it was is um, I had thought I had my like four more months before my deadline. And I thought so I had plenty of time to you know kind of futz around. And uh, then they came to me, the marketing people came to me and said, hey, there's this big wholesale catalog and they'd like to put Son of the Black Sword on the cover of it. Uh, however, for that to happen, you would need to get the e-arcs out to reviewers next month. And I was like, oh, okay, so what does that mean? That means we need the book like, you know, this week. <laughs> so I wrote the last 16,000 words of the book in one night. And that book turned out pretty good, so it can be done. Uh, well, and, and it's, I mean, I'm very open about how this works for me. Um, oh, man. You know, when I, when, I take, when I take PTO from work to go work, um, you know, I'm, I'm like 40 or 50,000 deep in a week. Yeah. So it can be done, guys. I don't recommend doing it all the time. No, I get I get super brain dead after. Yeah, you would definitely burn out. You mm-hmm. you would crash and burn. I think I think I think some of the most prolific writers ever can keep that up, but you know, uh, that you're going to find your comfy comfy workplace. This is a passion project for me though. I couldn't turn this down. You know, it's a totally different area. I've never done nonfiction, but it was one it's just kind of one of those uh, if I had not if I had not said yes to this proposal, I would probably regret it the rest of my life. I was trolling through like writers of Twitter and um, <laughs> what was it like? Uh, what was it called? Like Twitter writing group or some crap? It's one of those writing advice on Twitter. Like yeah. I was trolling through all of that um, in preparation for, for a future episode. And, and I came across this. It was, it was the one piece of good advice that I found. Um, cause everything else sucked. We're going to go through all these we later, <laughs> but I found this one and, and, um, I was going to bring it up in that episode later, but, um, I think it really applies to what we're talking about here. Uh, it, and, and it'll be even more applicable. I mean, when, when I start talking about all the crazy crap that I'm doing too, uh, and it's a quote from, and I hope this is actually a legit quote. Um, but it says a writer who waits for ideal conditions under which to work will die without putting a word on paper. I would agree with and that. It's one of the few times I've actually agreed with anything on that giant <laughs> massive cesspool of den of iniquity or whatever the heck we want to call it. Terrible writing advice. You know, it's almost always, I mean, it, like 103% of the time it's terrible writing advice. Yeah. But when I came across that one, it felt it felt legit, especially for both what you and I are going through right now. Yeah, if you... There is no ideal condition. There's always going to be something wrong. And you think, oh, it's going to be all comfy and nice and good. And hey, you know what? I got kids. All of a sudden, someone needs uh, something. Someone's going to interrupt me. The dog is going to go attack a porcupine and get quills in his face. Crazy. You know, uh, I pulled a gun on a porcupine today, but we, we had words. But it's I probably that same yeah. porcupine almost ran over <laughs> up there. <laughs> it might be. I think I know where he lives now. Piece of crap. Yeah. If he messes with my dog again, he's going down. But I yeah. warned him today. I run those streets. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, so. I flashed my nine, but, uh, yeah. So very, we're, very noir of you, Larry. Yeah. We're square now. <laughs> I walked up and the porcupine is all like, Omar coming. And I was like, damn right. And I started whistling. <laughs> I was like, you know, do, 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 do. I can't whistle. You know, do, 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 do. And that porcupine was like, I don't want no problem, man. I was like, damn right. Okay. So anyways, <laughs> you know where, you know where mine and Larry's heads are at most of the days. <laughs> yeah, this dog, this porcupine messed with my dog, man. It's personal. No. So, um. 
Yeah, no, I, I think that I think that's actually good. At, that's spot on advice. Yeah, I mean, think about it, Larry. Like, once upon a time, you know, when when you had your day job, um, think about that, Larry, and you you probably would have turned this down back in the day. Yeah, because there's no way I, I I had not developed the skill sets necessary to do something like that. Well, and and. And you probably would have made the excuses that I, in, in your place, would have made, and that's, oh, I don't have time for this. Right. You know, I'm, I'm already writing a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, I, I need that thing called sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's put it this way. The, we're going to record a few episodes tonight because we got the studio. Uh, this will be the longest period of time other than sleep that I have not been working on this nonfiction book for the last four days. Uh, will be will be the hours that we record this. There's a family reunion over over the Fourth of July for my wife's family, and it's like several days. Cousins coming in from all over the world. I'm going to one day. That's what I'm allowing. That sounds like a win. <laughs> I know. Well, actually, I kind of like her family. Um, no, but it's uh, it's one of those things. You you get, when opportunities come, you got to position yourself to seize them. And like I said, I and I hope I hope this is profitable because once again we're devout capitalists on this show. When we mm. talk about writing, we're very capitalistic. I have no idea though. I've never done nonfiction before. It might crash and burn. But it's, once again, this is something that I was like I feel like I should do because I think I'm in a good position to write about this topic in a way that people will understand. And it is a political topic, and so I hope it makes a difference for some people. And uh, so we'll go from there. So it's worth a shot. Okay, so you've got Tower of Silence. Uh, well, I was going to say, I, I guess that's not first. Now the other one's first. Oh, and also, um, also Noir Fatale 3, which is down these mean streets. Noir Fatale 2 is done. Uh, the EARC's out for it, right? Uh, EARC is out for that. So check it out. It's really good. It's edited by me and Casey Ezel. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now we're doing uh, number three where we're sending out the invites to all the various authors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Steve knows about that. I know about this. So- for all of you, I mean, uh, several episodes ago, um, I talked about some of the perks that we were going to give to our supporters. One of them was was a short story that I was going to write. And and I, t- I said what it was. It was Civil War vampires, blah, blah, blah. Right? Everyone was excited. I was excited. You know, Alexa listened in, was excited. Facebook gave me ads about it. It was excited. And um, so I wrote... Uh, well, you and I wrote a short story for um, a Weird Wars, Weird World Wars Three China. Um, we turned that one in. Yep, a couple that, weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, and that story's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty. It's cool. freaking awesome. We borrowed heavily from an Actune Cthulhu game. Yeah, that we played. So yeah. And then right after that, I finished that, did the edits, basically hit send, and then uh, and then went in right to the next story. And it just seems like I just kept hitting, like I just kept finishing off short stories and hitting send and then doing another short story and hitting send. And I was like, I'm, I'm starting to catch up. Spoiler. I'm not in fact caught up. I'm eager to hear Steve's invite list here after the break. We'll be right back. How do you react when you discover that the next space shuttle disaster has happened right on schedule? Stephanie Osborne's debut novel, Burnout, The Mystery of Space Shuttle STS-281, tells the story of a space shuttle disaster that turns out to be no accident. 
As the true scope of the disaster is gradually uncovered by the principal investigators, Crash Murphy and Dr. Mike Anders, they find themselves running for their lives as lovers, friends, and co-workers involved in the investigation perish around them. What happened to the shuttle? Who is responsible and why? Why is the government calling it an accident? Why is someone willing to kill to keep it a secret? And how big is the conspiracy? Burnout, the mystery of Space Shuttle STS-281 by Stephanie Osborne. It's available on Nook, Kindle, and trade paperback wherever fine books are sold. Pick up your copy today. And we're back. Larry, seems like every time I get out, they pull me back in. Oh my gosh, yeah. I told Steve during the break, there's this thing that happens is once you get a reputation of being a producer who can work and produce on demand reliably, you will never want for work ever again. Well, and especially if you can fit like a certain need, right? Um, I, I don't think it's any secret that Bane's not really known for horror. Um, you know, in fact, back in, back in the day, um, when my first two publishers crashed and burned kind of, uh, and I, and I didn't have a home for, for residue. I approached Tony over at Bain first. She read it and was like, yeah, this is too horror for us. I was like, yeah, that's, that's fair. Right. I mean, that's kind of what I do. But the thing is, is even then, um, I, I've been slowly garnering this, this reputation that I can take pretty much any theme, any themed anthology and turn it into a horror story. I mean, you know, the, the, the famous example I use is the, is the giant robots anthology. Oh, Everyone's yeah. like, oh yeah, rock'em, sock'em robots. I'm like, or Pacific Rim meets single white female. Eh? Eh? Yep. And so I, so I, I wrote the first one. I, I wrote our kind of our pseudo Octoon Cthulhu mm-hmm. story. Um, we turned that around pretty quick. We did. It was a, it was a freaking week. That was a quick turnaround. On yeah. That one. Um, mainly because I totally spaced it. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> but we turned it around, did really good. That, that story is really great. You guys are going to love that one. Uh, then I did another one for a Christmas anthology. That is the weirdest short story I've ever written. Cool. It's about Santa, not Krampus, Santa and totally not aliens. I promise. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Okay, that's two. Okay. Then I was like, okay, I was feeling really good. I'm like, oh man, I've only got like, I've got like a cyberpunk story to write, a cyberpunk noir one. I'm like, dang. But then I had this moment where I'm like, oh gosh, um, I've got this great idea. Uh, I have at my day job where I'm the, I'm the controller for this, for the software company, we got a new CFO and the dude is super, super high caliber. And so my brain is like all accounting all day right now. And so I got home and I was trolling through some of my old, uh, some old drafts that I had some old, like, I mean, we all have incompletes. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. And I found one that was about an accountant in a fantasy world. And I only had like, I only had like a couple of paragraphs written. And before I knew it, I had 3,500 words down. Oh my gosh. So uh, it's the, the story's called Accountant to Evil Overlord. Oh my gosh. Do you know Scott Huggins? Mm-hmm. Because Scott Huggins does Veterinarian to Evil Overlord. Oh, nice. He does, yes. Really, yeah. 
He's got a story in um, uh, uh, North Fatale too. So, oh, yeah. really? So this one, th- this story is, it's just silly. Like, it's just silly. Um, and I mean, it's not, it's not horror or anything. Like, it's just me being silly because I have too much accountant on the brain. And, uh, and so I finished it off and, and I was like, well, I got just this bonus story done. And so for all of you Rider Dojo supporters out there, that's going to be your July perk is that short story. It's done. It's complete. I edited it. I sent it off, uh, to Jack, um, to make sure that we could, you know, had it on tap to send out. I think we're going to send it somewhere around the middle of the month. That's very cool. That'll be three, three things that we've done for, uh, Rider's Dojo supporters uh, in the last month. Yep. So June was... Uh, early access to the MHI swag store. Yep. You guys, if you're a Writer Dojo supporter at any level, you guys get early, one day head start, which is good because we have all the limited edition items yep. that always sell out. Mm-hmm. And so you guys get those first. And then we had uh, a transcription that one of our supporters did for us um, that helped us out with it. That was actually really that cool. That was really cool. And it was of one of our, in my opinion, one of our more valuable episodes for the, for the general masses. It right? was the Dave Butler uh, pitching episode. Yep. And which is actually, I think one of the most, I honestly, I, that was one of the best episodes we've ever done as far mm-hmm. as pure information. And, uh, so, so that is available too. So also writer dojo supporters don't share that, you know, we, you know, yeah, just please don't, don't, just don't stick that on the internet. Come that's on, for you fun. guys. Come on, son. That's for you guys. Okay. So, so that was June and July, right? August. I may or may not have recorded me cooking a brisket from start <gasps> to finish. We're going to get the, we're going to get the brisket video. video. Oh, and then September um, should be the uh, the Civil War vampire story that I was talking about before. That's very cool. But here's the thing. The reason why that's September or maybe October now mm-hmm. is because uh, things spiraled completely out of control. This will be story number five. Yeah. Uh, um, when I sent, uh, Casey and I sent Steve an invite for the uh, third Noir Fatale volume, yeah. Down These Mean Streets. Mm. So that one came in the mail. And I looked at it and I'm like, well, I mean, what am I going to do? Say no. I mean, well, what, Larry will shoot me in the face if I say no. Well, and the other, actually, these have all earned out, or the first one earned out. It did. Uh, so, anthology, you guys can understand, usually anthologies as a writer, you'll get paid up front, uh, you know, your per, per word rate, and then you'll probably right. never get paid again. Nope. Uh, I, I've been in like 30 anthologies and I think I've been paid for like five, like afterwards mm-hmm. it earned out. With some anomalies being like Monster Hunter Files, which has now paid equivalent to a novel to everybody who has a short story well, in it. Yeah. I mean, for like like a rookie novelist. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. About. Yeah. Uh, and sure. it's really good. And but So, uh, Noir Fatale, it earned out. And so, yeah. yeah so, Steve's uh, Steve's in that. Yeah. Uh, and so, so I'm going to be in the stories. third one. Yeah, okay. And that story. Oh, yeah. Is Werewolf Cop. I specifically, Steve was like, well, I could do this or I could do this. And I was like, I want Werewolf Cop. Yeah. So that, that story is going to be really interesting. Well, because Steve's been planning Werewolf Cop novel for years. for years. He's been working on this project for years. It's kind of a passion project. And so I wanted to get a werewolf. Plus it's noir. Mm. And it's also the theme of the third one is, you know, down these mean streets with cities. Mm-hmm. And I thought, is a de- he's a detective in Sacramento, California, mm-hmm. which is a city Steve knows really well. And it is a seedy city. It is. And Steve's dad was a police chief there. Yep. And so actually knows the seedy underbelly of this city really well. Yeah. And so I am excited. I think that's going to be fun. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I'm tentatively calling the story a devil's bargain. Cool. So I think, I think, uh, I think people are going to dig it. Okay. So that's like 
Story 6 or something like that? That's 5 or 6. We had a cyberpunk one. I wasn't sure. Yeah, there was, a, there was a cyberpunk one in there. Okay. And that's a cyberpunk noir one. Yep. Um, that, that story is called No Stars in Red Light City. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very cyberpunky. I think I think you specifically, Larry, are going to like this one. This cool. one's cool. I enjoy that kind of stuff. Um, and and I was like, sweet, I'm I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm still surviving, and I, you know, and I'm editing. I'm editing the sequel to Residue, <laughs> and uh, okay. And then uh, I got some another piece of news, and that's that um, I'm being requested to hash out some potential anthology ideas while I'm at Gen Con. Oh, cool. Uh, for Bane. Oh, very nice. Um, so that's cool. Oh. I'm not going to talk. I can't talk about those on, on air quite yet. Yeah. Cause that's still. Yeah. Those are, they're, they're not official. They're not firm, but given some of the names that are involved, um, there's some pretty good promise. In you have it. a participant or editor? I don't know. Huh? Maybe both. Oh, okay. Okay. I think you know which one I'm talking about. I do. But we'll yeah. talk out after the break. I actually, I know exactly what you're talking about. And if, if that comes to pass, that will be pretty baller. Yeah. 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 And you'll be involved in that. Yeah. I kind of have to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you don't have a choice. Per, no, it's pretty awesome. Uh-huh. I, that's one of the, it doesn't matter what else I'm doing. I'm, I'm going to, yeah. I got to squeeze that in. Okay. So that happened. Yeah. So that's seven. <laughs> and then yesterday, uh, I'm minding my own business at work in the middle of a 12 hour day. And, uh, I get this random email and it's like, Hey, uh, Steve, uh, and, and another author who I'm not going to name, just, you know, protect the innocent. Um, really good author though. Uh, and, and Larry, Larry's a, a big fan of that guy too. And it's like, Hey, uh, we're doing this anthology and we could probably use a couple extra stories. And so if you pitch it good enough, um, we're, we're going to try to get you into this antho. I'm like, okay, cool. And I know which one this is too, and that'd actually be really cool. Mm-hmm. And so the story that I'd be writing for this is very sci-fi horror. Yeah. Um, because it turns out yours truly is a fan of alien, aliens, the thing, you know. Well, and I know the other author that got invited with Steve and he's an excellent. excellent and he's guy. a perfect choice for it. He is. He's actually perfect. That's eight. Yeah. Before September. Okay. And once again, let me remind everybody, um, my work literally just took on a new CFO who is forcibly leveling me up in the world of, of like mergers and acquisitions, finance, debt financing, all that kind of crap. A lot of people like to whine about their day job and how they don't have time to write. I totally don't. Steve's a controller at a computer company. He's not a schlub. Yeah, I totally don't have time to write. Steve doesn't have like some little, you know, I, I work part-time at the garden center, okay? No. That you sounds know. really nice. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Just be outside. Do you, Larry, do you ever look back at some of your previous jobs where, your previous day jobs? Uh, you're going to have to think way back, Larry. Take the way back machine to back when you were gainfully employed. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you ever look back at those and, and think... Well, crap, like I, I had way more time than I thought I did. And I could have, I could have written so much more if I'd have, if I'd have just had my crap together back then. Yeah. It's funny cause it took me longer to write books or it takes me longer to write books now, but I edit, uh, so much less cause they're so much cleaner and better. Um, and I probably could crank out more, but right now I got this like nice quality of life. So I'm happy. 
Uh, but yeah, looking back on the first couple years I was a writer, I could have, I could have, I don't know. I, my production level is actually pretty high. If you look at my whole career, I've never, I've never really had like a. I mean, a you've big been doing role. this like officially, officially. Yeah. Since right around like 2009. Oh, 2009, right? Yeah. So I was self publishing before that. And I was writing before that. But 2009 is when I really. So 2009 is 2022. So that's, you know, that's only 13 years. Yeah. 25. And how many books? 25 novels. 25 novels. Yeah. Like an obscene amount of short stories. Three collections. I mean, I got two officially published collections of short stories mm-hmm. and I got a third one. And it's turned out all that blogging I've done is actually coming in handy when you're doing nonfiction. Hey. So, uh. Totally wasn't a waste of time. Yeah. Actually, if you can pick out several of your best blog posts and, you know, clean them up and make them into books, that works too. Yeah. No. So. Well, and, and there's, there's even more that we haven't even like, I mean, you and I are still on tap to outline books two and three. Yep. And I announced another book because this contracts are finally signed. So when I was at uh, LibertyCon last week, mm-hmm. uh, I, we finally made the official announcement that I'm doing another Monster Hunter memoir series with uh, Les Johnson, mm-hmm. who is, if you guys know Les, is a science fiction author. Uh, Les in real life is the guy in charge of solar sails at NASA. Dope. So it is, he is like one of the big bad mamma jambas of American science, like a legit star of this kind of stuff. And so we're teamed up to write a monster hunter novel. And, uh, so you guys can kind of guess what direction that's going in. Yeah. And it was Les's idea, Les approached me, but, uh, it was a great idea, a great pitch. And so I've, I've kicked back outline notes basically. And so actually he's going to be out here in a month and we're going to sit down right. and we're going to talk some more. Oh, that's so. right. Yeah. Um. He's got a thing out here. August so. 9th, I think. Yeah. Wonderful guy. Wonderful guy. So I'm looking forward to meeting him. Yeah. You're going to like him. He's a good dude. So yeah, it's been kind of nuts. We've got FenCon coming up. Oh, that's right. We're both going to be We're there. We're both going to be at FenCon. And Jack and producer Jack's going to be there. producer Jack's going to be there. So the entire Roto, writer, <laughs> uh, excuse me, writer dojo uh, team will be together at FenCon. We'll likely record Dallas. some, we'll likely record some episodes and stuff while we're there. It might just be recorded on our phones. But, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. But I mean, we're going to, there's going to be quite a few cool people there. We'll, 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 uh, forcibly volunteer them into, uh, being on the show and stuff. Yeah. It'll be kind it'll of be fun. fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And, uh, geez, I, I mean, there's a whole um, bunch of others. Oh, uh, I forgot our deadline. Um, next week, <laughs> I got to get the final edits in for Lost Planet Homicide Part 2. Oh, right. I'm going to ask you about that. Yeah. I, so I wrote the, I, it's written. I just need to do the final edits. And it's funny because the guy, the, the, the guy at Audible, who's, who's going to be editing this, uh, Steve, mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's, he, I, I know, I know exactly what day he gets back from vacation and I will make sure that it's in his inbox the next day. <laughs> 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 yeah. But unfortunately I have to stop, I'll have to stop writing, uh, nonfiction for a day to go do the final edits to get this out the door. That'll be cool though. Cause Lost Planet Homicide is really, really good. It's really good. I really enjoy that one a lot. Space Bosch for those yeah. of you that haven't listened to it. So after all of this, all of these gajillions of short stories, Larry and I got to outline two novels together. Yep. Um, I got to do that other thing, that, that werewolf cop book, because I got to do that. So this did not, so, so six months ago you set goals. Yeah. And I think we didn't hit exactly the goals we were shooting for, even though we did yeah. more than that much work. Oh Yeah. It's just For funny sure. how that works out. Yeah. I mean, we had lots of goals. Um, and I think by the end of the year, I think all of, I think both of us will have hit the equivalent. I'm still on track to hit the book deadlines. I've never, uh-huh. I've never blown a book deadline yet. 
I have blown off certain things that I procrastinated, but those are things that I'm in charge of. So it hasn't been a big deal, but I mean, anything I've ever had on the calendar for like an actual book day, deadline for Bayon, like, like where they have it on calendar release date, I've not blown one yet. Uh, and so I like to keep that streak going. Yeah. And so I think by the end of the year, I think what we're going to find Larry is that we made a lot of time and we made a lot of time for a lot of projects that get us excited. And cool. so I think by the end, um, we might not have hit the exact goals that we set to pretty, start, pretty, but we'll be pretty, pretty close, good, though. but I think we'll have far, like far, far gone beyond them in many other aspects. Yeah. Uh, you weren't planning on doing, you know, 12, 800 million short, short stories. stories you know. Good freaking grief, dude. <laughs> you did a collection of short stories by September. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, and the funny, well, and, and then the one for Noir, for Noir Fatale 3, uh, down these mean streets. I mean, my, the word count on it's like 10,000. That's not even a short story. No, that's too long. That's Kay a novelette. Casey's going to make you cut that. It said it in the contract. Oh, is that up to 10? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize you're up to 10. I thought we were like cutting off at eight. Oh, okay, no. Hey, well, you're fine. I know. You're gold. That's you're a, fine. That's, that's like, for those of you who are counting, that's like two short stories in one. Yeah. Well, you know, you... You're getting paid by the word. Exactly. <laughs> so this story will come in at exactly 10,000 words. I've actually, Steve knows this because of one, the, the most I've ever been paid for a short story. I, I, was, I was, actually, I won't say on the air, but it was really good. And it was, the contract was up to 20,000 words. And I turned in a, a story that was 19,999 words. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when you sent it to me and I was editing, um, I was going over it and doing kind of a rough content edit. And uh, I was taking out words, but then I was adding stuff in because I kept looking at that thing. I knew what you were getting paid. And I'm like, okay, I got to keep this as close to 20,000 <laughs> as I can through my edits. Um, yeah, that was pretty You got it. Guys, when it comes to like short fiction, you're being paid by the word. Like that, that's when people like, like Larry and I, who are number crunching, number crunch, crunching munchkins. Oh yeah, man. That's when we maximize it, baby. I watch that little number at the bottom left of the screen. I'm like, come on, baby, let's get you yeah. right to the edge. <laughs> But you don't want to go over because then I, those are free words. I don't get paid for those. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So I think to end this off, kind of our, our impromptu state of the dojo address. Um, so, so let's rehash again where it is that, that people are going to be able to find us the rest of the year. So okay. I think the first one, I think the, okay, for me, the first one's Gen Con. I'll be at Gen Con. You won't. Um, and that's August 3rd through 7th. Yep. I'll be there. Um, I'll be there. Me, me and another author who's, a, who's a friend of mine, Larry's Howard, Andrew Jones. Uh, we're going to be palling around together. Um, and then, uh, September, we've got two things in September. Uh, Salt Lake city fan X. Yep. Which is the 22nd through the 24th of September. And, uh, FenCon in Dallas. Yep. And that's the 15th through 18th. Okay. Of September. Yep. Um, okay. So that's September. I will also be at a Sabaton slash Epica concert. Um, September, I think it's 26th or 7th down Salt Lake. Very cool. I'm very excited for that. Sabaton's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm a big fan of Epica. Yeah. Um, so that that's an awesome show. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Okay. Uh, and then I think, oh, oh, we have a, we have a signing in. Uh, in Layton, Utah together. 
in August. August 9th. Yeah, and that'll actually have several band authors mm-hmm. will be there, and uh, Les Johnson will be there so also. it's me, you, Les, Dave Butler. I'm not sure. I, I know it's the four of us. Okay. Yeah, so come there see us. There might be another one there. So come and see us in Layton, Utah on August 9th. Okay. And I believe you and I have some sort of signing event thing in October that was set up for us by a guy who runs a library in Ogden. Do we? I think so. Oh. Um, I'll check on the dates on that. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> it was It was a little weird. Okay. Um, okay. And then in November... I believe you're in Vegas. Oh yes. Uh, the 20 books to, or, uh, 40 yeah, books to. I think it's 20 books. 20 books. Yeah. Sorry. It's 20 books to 50 K. Yeah. I don't know the date off that on the top of my head. Oh, I think it's like mid November. Yeah. I have no idea. It was fun last time though. I actually really enjoyed it. It was a fun, it was a fun event. It was a very good writing convention. Uh, not cheap. Uh, but I, I, I'm there teaching. So I'm not, I mean, I'm not paying obviously I'm, I'm biased, but, uh, for what I saw it was a very valuable event. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it. Plus mostly I go to Vegas, eat really good food. And then every night I wind up playing role-playing games with a bunch of other nerdy writers. That's, that's kind of what I go and do. Now, what I'm not sure about for me is if I'm going to be at that one too. Yeah. Um, I was going to be at Dragon Con this year, but, uh, that's also in September. Yeah. And there was the, I had this sneaking spidey, like accountant sense that was like, Bro, if you if you take off like three weeks three weeks in September, your new CFO is going to murder you in the face. Yeah, two is bad enough, and one's local, so that's not too bad. Yeah, exactly. But the other one you got to travel. So you three, I would like to do Dragon Con again next year. I, I think I'll set it up for next year yeah. to go to that one for sure. Oh, and it's been announced. I am the I'm the guest of honor at Liberty. That's at, right, at Liberty Con next year. That's right, and. Apparently, we had some pretty cool supporters at Liberty Con. We had a ton of writer dojo supporters at Liberty Con. It was actually yeah, awesome. and I guess they were like. Where the hell's Steve? Yeah, I got that a lot. Is Steve here? Yeah. So, so you should come to so, Liberty Con. So I am. I, ha- I have a calendar reminder set so I can oh, buy cool. a ticket. <laughs> oh, because that sells out like crazy fast yeah. too. Also, yeah, we'll put you in contact with uh, the, the program people. Yeah, and I already told my wife that we were going. Okay. It's fun. It's yeah. a fun one. But it, it's only, it's it's like less than a thousand people and yeah. it does fill up very mm-hmm. quickly. So if you guys are interested in going to LibriCon, you got to get on it like in the first 16 seconds after yeah, they open done. the website or you're done. Yeah. It just fills up so quick. So that that's kind of our, our, our slate where you can find us for the rest of the year. Um, and, and hey, look, you know, if, if some other stars align, maybe we'll end up somewhere else. But for now, I think that's kind of where we're going to be at. Um, and then of course, next year. We'll, we'll start letting you know early uh, where we're going to be next year. Yep. Um, so you can, you know, want to say in Fen plan Con to come and play some games with us. FenCon in Dallas is the only place you'll get, uh, you'll get us and Jack. Yeah, all three. It's because he, he does not leave Texas very often. That's the source of his powers. Yeah. And the longer he is yeah. away from Texas, the weaker he becomes. Mm. It's like kryptonite. Yeah, I was going to say. But then he returns to Texas and it like recharges his, right. his power. That makes energy. sense. And, uh, that definitely tracks. Yeah. He's got like this big lone star will appear above him. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty baller if you haven't yeah. met him. Yeah. It's like the Catholic halos, but it's a lone star. He, if you haven't met Jack, he looks like a sexy David Spade. Mm. That's very true. <laughs> That's very true. Well, it's because one time we were walking down the Las Vegas strip and he was introducing himself as David Spade and me as James Gandolfini. I'm sure a few people bought it. Well, they were pretty drunk. To well, be fair. Yeah, I guess you were in Vegas. <laughs> hey, what happens at SHOT Show stays at SHOT Show. <laughs> All right, everybody. 
So that's the state of the dojo. And uh, like, that's not even everything. You've got more planned. You've got more stuff coming for y'all, more perks coming for, for you Rider Dojo supporters. So sign up, um, make sure you get a hold of all of them. Uh, and again, thank you. Like this is, this is season three. Who'd have thought? I mean, yeah, I know, I know you, you and I, Larry, I know you and I thought that we were, that we had a lot of topics that we were going to be able to hit and we were going to do this for a while. Um, but I don't know that I thought it would be this fun. I actually have a good time. Like I said, yeah. hey, this is the longest I'll be not writing this week. You know? Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. What we need to do, though, if we ever get stagnant, we'll just bring on like a Yoko Ono kind of person. To break kinda, us up? Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of a person with three names that'd be perfect for On that. that bombshell. And on that bombshell, we'll see you on the next one. Writer Dojo is Steve Diamond and Larry Korea. Produced by Jack Wilder and Bear and Hair Studios. Theme song, Word Mercenaries by Craig Naibo. New episodes come out every Wednesday wherever you stream your content. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support us by going to anchor.fm slash writerdojo, by leaving a five-star rating and review, and by helping to spread the word. To advertise on the Writer Dojo, email ads at writerdojo.com. All questions and comments can be emailed to questions at writerdojo.com. Did you? And that porcupine was like, I don't want no problem, man.